Hi, I'm Joseph McClendon III, and welcome to the Cure for the Common Life podcast. Listen, you know as well as I do that motivation, empowerment, and inspirational stories, they're all well and good, but that's not what keeps us going. That's not what's going to change your life, and that's not what's going to move the needle in your health, your wealth, your happiness, your abundance, or your ability to be able to help other people and make a difference. What keeps us going, what produces results in our lives is activity, not action, activity. And when you can get yourself past the things that stop you and hold you back, that's when you'll thrive and that's when you'll crush it. And I humbly offer you these tools and strategies to kick your own ass and make the changes so that you can thrive. But most of all, I'm going to give you something every single time that you can do to create a change in yourself. Life is exactly what you dare to make it and fortune favors the bold, baby. So if you're ready, let's bold. Hey, what's good? Joseph McClendon III, welcome to The Cure for the Common Life. And I am going to respond to a lot of feedback and a lot of questions that have been asked and a lot of requests that have been asked about uh, the types of podcasts that I'm doing. Now, it's been my pleasure to bring to you my mentors and my teachers and the people that have impacted my life through time and interview them and do that style of uh, a podcast. And... (laughs) As a result of a lot of the things that a lot of you have been asking about, uh, you've been asking me to talk to you about different life hacks, if you will, things that you can do to enhance the quality of your life, hence the name of this program, so that you have something other than uh, a common life. And again, as I always like to say, a common life is not a bad life. It's just that if you want more, then it's going to require you to do something that is outside of the box and uncommon behaviors, actions, activities than than other people do to get those results. And so for the next couple of podcasts, I'm going to talk to you about just that, some hacks and things to pay attention to, and then things that you can do to improve the quality of your life and do what I call go further faster in life. So if you're able to grab a pad and paper, something you can take some notes with, if you're driving, then commit it to memory, (laughs) which by the way, is my first topic that I'm going to talk about today. And that is how to improve your memory. Because as we get older, most of us have this belief that our memories get worse. And I know I actually started to feel that way myself. Uh, Back in my 30s, (laughs) as I started to learn more and started to do more, I started to also recognize that I was forgetting things. I was forgetting things like people's names. I was forgetting things like dates. I was forgetting things like even some of the things that complicated things that I spent a lot of time learning. I'm a musician, and back in those days, that was uh, coming out of my musician days. That was my primary focus in those days. But I started recognizing that I was forgetting different things that I'd learned, different songs that I'd learned, different uh, lyrics. I was doing a lot of live music, and even though I wrote the songs myself, I found myself forgetting my own songs. And I started to write, I started, well, first off, my belief was just like a lot of people, as you get older, your brain changes and your memory, you get, you, your memory gets worse. And on top of that, I remember hearing somebody say that, well, you know, when you start to hit your 30s and 40s and 50s and things like that, then here's what happens. You have so much information in there that the brain can only absorb and really store so much. It's kind of like a if you got a uh, a terabyte hard drive and you get up to 950 uh, gigabytes then in there, then you only got 50 gigabytes left. And so I bought into that stuff. 
And I started to think that, well, okay, well, I got to take it easy. And I started doing things <laughs> like, and I still do it, by the way, and I'm not saying not do this. I started writing things down and I started keeping lists of things and, uh, and let that be my memory. And I got admitted, uh, even nowadays, I, on my cell phone, I have a couple of sections. I have one called notes. And if I'm thinking of something, I, I put it in there because my, my, I probably won't remember it later. And an example of that is, I know we've all gone through this before, right before you go to sleep, tell me if this hasn't happened to you, right before you go to sleep, you get the greatest idea and you go, oh, tomorrow I'm going to do that. And I'm, you know, I'm so excited about that, of course. And you remember that you forgot to do something the day before, or you get this bright idea. In my case, I would always get a bright idea for a a song that I was going to write, or I got a bright idea for a lesson that I was going to teach, or something that I was going to write, and and whatever. I'd get these ideas, and it would be so powerful before I went to sleep. And I would think, "This this is it. This is so brilliant. I will not forget this. I remember what this is because I feel so good about it right now. But then what would happen was... Sometimes virtually the next morning I'd wake up and I'd go, what the hell was I so excited about? What was it that I was going to to do that was so important back then? If I even remembered to do that at all. And then later on, I'd remember to go, oh, yeah, I was supposed to do that and I didn't do it. Well, again, I had bought into that false belief that that your memory gets worse and and blah, blah, blah. So I didn't really question it that much. And then... I ran across a couple people in my journeys that were uh, memory experts, if you will. One of my dear friends from a long time ago, his name is Scott Flansberg. And Scott, they call him the human calculator. And Scott, now he has methodology, which I'm going to tell you a little bit about that. And there's several other people as well. And I, I, Scott is one of these guys that if you tell him the date of your birthday, if you say November 6th, 1953, he'll tell you the day of the week that it was on. Now, he has a formula in doing that, but he also has an incredible memory. Instantly, he can add five, six-digit numbers in a matter of seconds, and he teaches that to kids. He's a brilliant, brilliant guy, and (laughs) Scott has been a friend of mine for probably, oh, maybe... uh, 25 years or so now. And every time I see him, he's, he's getting better and better. And I said, Scott, you know, tell me, you know, what is your secret? What is the difference here? Why can you remember all of these things? And he said, well, well number one, Joseph, is that I have formulas. I have systems of being able to do that. He said, there's tricks to doing these things. And I go, but yeah, but how do you remember those tricks? And he goes, because I practice it, because I work on it. And the lights went on for me. And it is just like everything else. In other words, the brain is like a muscle. It's like everything else on your body. You can train it to do certain things. You can train it to respond, to react to different stimulus. And so a person that has a great memory, because I also, I know a couple people that are centarians, 100 years old and more, and these people are sharp as tacks. They remember everything. And part of the difference is, is the things that they do that ensure that their brain is going to continue to function at that level where he, they want it to function. You know, my, my son, he's 13 years old, and it, it amazes me, the memory on this kid. As I watch this movie and I think back on this movie, I can't remember half the stuff in the movie, but he does. And 
He also does things different than I do now. He's in school now, so he's reading much more. And he and and I've actually taught him some things about improving his memory as well. And so he does it. It's fresh with him. Keep this in mind. That which you do in private is what will show up in public. That that seems contrived and worked at in private will seem natural and automatic in public. And what that means is, is that anything that you practice now, while other people aren't around, it's going to show up later on in your life, and it's going to seem like it's normal to other people. It's going to seem like it's normal to you. And so most of us don't do anything about working on our memory, and that's why it atrophies, if you will. Now, let me back up for a second, and I am fully aware that there are brain disorders and degenerative diseases and things like that. And I have my beliefs about that as well, diet and exercise and so on and so forth. But I'm not at all saying that those things are not real because unfortunately I have some friends as well that have have some, uh, let's just say, uh, mental challenges, if you will. And uh, some people have had, you know, head traumas and things like that. But for most people, just like any other muscle in your body, you can improve it. And I'm going to give you a really, really simple exercise that you can do, that you can utilize to, to improve your memory step by step. And so I took a couple of memory courses, and a couple of them were really, really great. I remember one of them was one of the exercises. Uh, forgive me, I don't remember the name of the instructor, but what he said was, and what he would do is he would do these exercises. He'd say, okay, I'm going to give you a string of words. And he would say, like, lamp, flower, glove, guitar, camera, pillow. And he'd give us about 15 of these things. And then he'd say, I want you to recite those back or write them back in order. And most of us would get like three or four before we'd fizz out, maybe five at the most. And because he said, listen, the brain, while it's active, can only deal with and only remember that short-term memory, three to five elements at a time. Anything over three to five, it's going to start not being able to remember. It's going to be, it's going to get disassociated from that entire list. And so he gave us a technique that I still use to this day. And what he would say is he he called it stacking. And so if you had to remember something, and don't worry, I'm going to give you an exercise on how to how to improve your entire memory, if you will, just to strengthen that muscle. But this was just one that I use to this day because I use it to remember people's names or I use it to remember things in order and so on and so forth. And I've gotten so much better at I don't have to do what I'm about to tell you here. And so what he would do is he'd say, okay, listen, let's go, let's just say flower, glove, lamp, guitar, And he'd say, so the first thing is you do is you make a picture in your mind of a flower or a flower vase or whatever. And on top of that, you place a glove. And then on top of that, you place a guitar. And on top of that, and you'd start, you just make a, a, a visual picture of this thing because he said the visual picture is easier to remember. We, most of us remember things visually much more than we do auditorily. Now everybody's different. Every, some, some more, some less than others, but this was a way to do it. And to this day, I still do that. If I got a list of things that I have to do, things that, that are in a place in my brain, I start automatically doing this. Now, here's the caveat. You don't wait to do it in the moment. You've heard me talk about this before. I said it earlier, that which, which we, we practice in private is what's going to show up in public. And so take the time. I, I remember I would sit there and I would 
I, I'd even make the lists myself or I'd go through and I'd practice it on my own. I'd commit to maybe 15 or 20 minutes a day that I would work on that muscle. I'd make a list of things and then I'd make a picture as it was going. And then I'd go back and, and I'd recite that just the way that it was. And so what would happen was I got a better memory of, of being able to do that very thing. But here's the caveat. And you've heard me talk about this before, and it'll probably be in every single podcast, in every single thing that I say. The repetition is the mother of, uh, of skill, but praise is the father. Now, being a psychologist, it's something that I understand, and it's something that I insist on people do for themselves, and it's something that I do with people, but it's the praise that makes it geometric. It's the praise that makes it automatic. Said differently, whenever you do something, if you just do something and go, okay, that was great, what's next? Then your nervous system, you're going to have to do more repetitions of that for it to sink deeply inside your unconscious mind. But if you do something and you praise yourself, you pat yourself on the back or you, you, you put a big smile on your face, or you do something like a good boy or whatever. And I joke around about this when I do things live. Then what happens is the nervous system starts to link that pleasure, that praise, that love to the very thing that you just did. So guess what happens? The brain goes, okay, wait a minute. Let's just do more of that. And that is, by the way, to, the way to speed up anything that you do. Maybe you've heard me talk about this before, and that is that if you're, for example, if you're a musician, if you just play scales and chords, you play something, and when you're done, you go, wow, that was hard, then guess what? It's going to take you longer. Repetition, you're going to get in there. But if you do something, and as soon as you're done, you go, yes, and you pat yourself on the back, and you jump up and down and do whatever, put a smile on your face and make the, the dopamine be released by your brain, then your nervous system is going to learn it faster because it's looking forward to that. Remember, we always move towards pleasure, especially pleasure that we've given to ourselves in the form of praise. Now, so having said that, I met another guy, and I've taken a half a dozen memory courses, and all of them have added value to my life, and, and all of them, as I practice them, have made changes in my life. And have improved my memory, my short-term memory, and even my long-term memory. The process I'm going to give you here in a second is more for your long-term memory, but overall memory. But the other thing was, is I, listen, I meet a whole lot of people. When I'm out doing seminars, I'll probably meet, seriously, face-to-face, -face, 50 or 60 people. And people will come up to me and they'll go, hey, Joseph, you remember me from 10 years ago? And in the past, I wouldn't even remember their faces. Quite honestly, I, again, I meet a lot of people and I, and I don't commit it to memory until I started doing something different. And that was this. When I would look at somebody, this was something that I learned, when somebody would tell me their name, if I would just repeat it to myself in the moment, and then I would associate that name to their face in a visual way, then I would remember that name much, much longer. And to this day, there are people that I see and I go, oh yeah, Charlie. And how I would do that, and again, this was taught to me, everything, everything that I know is something that, that is taught to me, is what I would do. Now, everybody is, we got two ways of thinking, two ways and two ways only, visual and auditory, meaning you see something, that's a thought. Our thoughts are just the pictures that we make inside of our heads and the words that we speak inside of our heads or the sounds that happen. Both of them Everybody does, even blind people, believe me or not. Don't get me, believe it or not, don't get me started on that. So when you meet somebody, now oftentimes I will say it out loud. If you come, you come and, I, and I'll say, hi, I'm Joseph, you know, what is your name? Or somebody will come in and go, hi, Joseph, how are you doing? And I'll go, what is your name? 
Now, oftentimes people have a name tag. When I do seminars, oftentimes people have a name tag. And I've had to shy away from looking at that name tag because I wanted to enhance this skill. And they'd say, my name is Karen. Then I would say, hi, Karen, how are you? And I would actually accentuate that, Karen, how are you? And into my brain, I would say, Karen. And then guess what I would do is I would draw a K on her forehead. I would make a K out of her eyelashes and her nose. I know it sounds simple. I know it sounds silly. But guess what? That was a, a way of remembering and placing that K on Karen because I said it. And then I do that visually. And then at the end of it, I would always smile. And at the end of whatever conversation I go, I'd say it again. Karen, it was great to meet you. Now, there's an old saying, and that is the sweetest sound that all of us hear is our, the sound of our own names. And so it did something for them. It made them feel good. But at the end of it, I would always say it again. I'd repeat it again inside my brain. And as I'd walk away, I'd be thinking to myself, that was Karen with the K on her forehead or a K on her chin or whatever, a K in her teeth or whatever it is. And that one little practice, I would do it over and over again, and I'd pack myself on the back and I'd move on. And what that's allowed me to do, and I'm not going to say I'm perfect, but what that's allowed me to do is to remember people's names much, much better. And again, I still meet a ton of people. I don't get everybody's name right. But a great part about it is, you know, we've heard this old saying, I remember faces, but I don't remember names. Well, if you remember faces, uh, you know, most of us will recognize a face. Uh, remember what you put on that face uh, to make you remember what it was. And again, practice makes better. Practice makes better. So I would practice that on my own. I would do it on, on my own. And I set myself up, by the way. I don't rely on it just happening. I would go, okay, for the next 10 days, a half hour a day or even 15 minutes a day, I'm going to do this exercise. I'm going to make a list of things. And then I'm going to make a picture of the, you know, the glove sitting on top of the flowers and on top of that, the guitar and whatever it is. And I would do that and I'd practice it for 15 minutes a day. At the end of that, I would praise myself and move on with my life. And then what would happen is I started to notice, I started to notice that my memory was better. And then when it did, what would I do? Of course, I would praise myself. Remember, we're utilizing what already works to grow our own memory, to grow our lives, if you will. Instead of reinventing the wheel, instead of trying to do something new every single time, let's just do what already works because it works. Repetition is the mother of skill. Praise is the father. And I would do that over and over again. And so let me talk about one more thing before I give you this, this incredible tool that you can use. And that is that... I also, I'm a tech junkie to a certain extent and not so much different softwares and things. I love stuff like that and I love apps and things like that, but I'm a tech junkie, meaning I'm going to use as much technology as I can to help me in my life go further. And so there are lots of different memory apps that you can use and you can do. But one of the apps that I use, like I said, is I just use my phone. I have an iPhone and, and Siri is my, uh, my best friend and my, uh, let's just say, my office manager and my virtual assistant. And so just before I go to sleep, every single night, I do a download. And the download is, here's what I learned today. Here's what I went through today. And then as I start to fade off, I will say, well, here's what, here's what you're going to remember tomorrow morning. Remember, the topic today is blah, blah, blah. And I would say that into my phone. And then I would go to sleep. because. And, and, and by the way, when I would go, and I'd allow myself to go to sleep, because when you go to sleep, by the way, just so you know, your brain is the most fertile just before you go to sleep, while you're in that deep sleep, and just when you wake up the first time. 
That's when your brain is the most fertile. It is the most active. When you think about it, that's when your, your body is the most fertile as well because it's healing itself. It is rejuvenating itself. It's repairing itself. And your brain is doing the same thing. And so I wake up in the morning, I grab and I look at my phone and I go, okay, I was going to do A, B, C, D. This was what I was so excited about. And then guess what I would do as soon as I would see that? I'd pat myself on the back and I would make myself feel good about the forced memory, the artificial memory. Even though I had to read it, even though I had to use my phone to read it, I would still praise myself because I remembered it. And remember, my brain cannot tell the difference between what's real and what's not. So it thinks it remembered it on its own and it goes, yeah, great job. And it made it so much easier. And so those three things are great things that you can do. Stacking, visualizing, stacking when you got lists, placing, saying out loud, whatever it is. And by the way, even with the list, if you say it out loud, if somebody says something, I repeat it after myself, after I hear it. And then, uh, you know, putting the, the letter and saying their name out loud on their, on their forehead. And then, of course, using your phone. There's no shame in using that. And because it is true to a certain extent that our brain – now, now I, I personally believe that you got 100,000 terabytes of, uh, of memory inside your brain. However – Remember, we can only deal with three to five bits of information at once. And if you got a lot of stuff going on and you don't take the time to put it to memory and you move on to something else like you do when you go to sleep, then chances are you're not going to remember it as well because you didn't work on it. And so, again, use your phone, use technology. You can talk to it or type it in or whatever, and it's there. Now, lastly, I'm going to share with you something that is going to just blow you up. And this is fantastic. Let's think about what memory is. Memory to re... First off, a memory is accessing stored information. And in my personal opinion, everything you've ever touched, tasted, smelled, heard, or seen is back in your brain somewhere. It's stored in there somewhere. We're just like that. We're like sponges. It's in there somewhere, just like your computer. If you've got a computer, anything that you typed in today... Is and you saved it. It's saved somewhere on your hard drive. And as a matter of fact, I have uh, you know I use uh, I use a Mac and I had this thing called uh, what is that thing called? Uh, ironically, I forgot what the name of the the uh, process in there that stores it inside the computer. No matter what I do, and I can go back in in any day, and I can go on November the eighteenth. 2011, at three o'clock, what was I doing? Time machine is what the name of it is. Time machine. And it'll go back to that exact day and it'll show me everything that I was doing on that computer on that date. Now, you got that same ability or you have that same type of memory, but we don't have that type of ability to type in a date. If I asked you, what were you doing November 11, uh, November 6, 2011, or whatever the date was, you probably couldn't remember it. Because you didn't store it to memory. You didn't save it to memory. And so unlike a computer, we don't have the ability to, to instantly tap into whatever that is. And so with you, you want to activate all of that stuff that's inside there. And how you do that is you remember. Membering to dismember something means to take something apart, to separate. To remember means to put it back together, to put it together. And so I want you to think about it like this. Let's say you, you lost your car keys, okay? Somewhere in your brain, you know where you laid those car keys down. You put them down, even though you didn't pay attention to it, which is probably the, remember, the reason why you don't remember it. You know where you put those car keys. 
But that's in your unconscious mind. But your conscious mind doesn't connect with that. But what happens? Because you have a conscious mind and an unconscious mind. The conscious mind means you're aware of the thoughts that you're that, that are happening inside your head right now, what you're visualizing or imaging and what you're saying. Unconscious means it's back there. You're not aware of it. When you find those car keys, what happens? You go, oh, yeah, they were here. Of course, I remember dropping them here. And you get this aha moment. And that aha moment means that the marriage between your conscious and your unconscious mind just happened. You just remembered. Dismembered takes apart, remembers putting together. So check this out. Here's a great, great exercise that you can do. Grab a book that you read or something that, and remember, reading is important. I want you to do this with something that you read. Now, you can do it with a movie, but I encourage you to do it with something that you've read. Maybe even it was a book that you, you read, uh, you know, when you were a kid. And I give you my perfect example, one of my favorite books of all times, and I encourage you to read it, is Think and Grow Rich. Now, I read that book every year from the time that I was 19 years old to the time I was 35 years old. And every single time I read it, I got something new and I remembered something. Oh, yeah, I, did. I forgot about this. But you would think, having read it over and over that many times, you, wouldn't, you, you, you would know where everything was. The missing part was this. When I would get the aha moment, when I would remember something, I would praise myself. That's it. I would praise myself. And so what I want you to do is I want you to, it can be an article in a magazine. It can be anything. If you're not a big reader, then find, you know, something that you read online or whatever. And go back. And as soon as you get, and you'll know when it is, as soon as you get that aha moment, you go, I got it. Praise yourself for it. Pat yourself on the back. You know, I always say this, pat yourself on the back, back, shake your ass, go, I'm amazing, whatever. Give yourself a personal high five, whatever it is. And then close the book and then move on. Do it again. Do it again. And set it up. Set it up on your calendar that you do it, you know, every day for 10 days. And here's what happens is your brain, you're exercising that brain and you're building those neural associations. You're building that connection between what's between your conscious mind and your unconscious mind. It becomes a highway back there. My memory is a hundred times better than it was, say, five years ago, just because I started doing this. And I didn't do it that often. And so the exercise is really, really simple. You read something, read something. And by the way, if you read it out loud, it's even better. And as soon as you go, oh, yeah, I remember that. Go, yes, I got it. I remembered that. That was great. Good job, brain. <laughs> and I know this sounds silly, but everything that I teach you oftentimes is so simple that most people won't do it. You'll go, this is great information, Joseph, but it's practice that makes better. That that you do over and over again. So the repetition of remembering something. The re as soon as you remember anything, by the way, and that is what is going to start happening. You'll start to get sharper as you start going through your life. You start going through your day. You go, oh God, I, I can't remember. I remember that. I can't believe I remembered that. I remember that. Give yourself credit for it. As, as opposed to oftentimes people will finally remember something and they'll go, God, it took me long enough. We've all done things like this. We've gone, oh, what is her name? Oh, gosh, what, what is it? What is that? And then we'll go, ah, forget it. And then you'll go away. And then finally, when it comes back to you, go, oh, God, gosh, okay, I remember that. That's your opportunity in that moment to praise yourself and let your, your unconscious mind know that you did good. You pat yourself in your back, on the back and you move on. That, my friend, is a simple, 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 simple process. I actually gave you four of them. Simple processes that you can practice, that you can rehearse, that you can do, that'll help improve your memory. Sometimes it might take some time. Some of us are better than others at it. But I'll tell you now, if you're listening to me right now and, you, and you, you're listening to me because you were enthused or um, you, you like this title, Cure for the Common Life, I'm going to tell you, most people, the common life is people are going to use, their memory is going to deteriorate. 
And it's going to deteriorate because our brains now, with so much input from our phones and from television and all those things, are occupying that and making it so that we don't have to exercise that muscle. Step outside of the box, exercise the muscle, learn to grow your memory. In final closing, I would say, remember this, life is exactly what you dare to make it and fortune favors the bold. So boldly step up and dare to improve your memory. God bless you. I'm out. Hey, thanks for listening to this episode of the Cure for the Common Life podcast. If you enjoyed what you heard, please share it with a friend. And if you haven't already, subscribe, rate, and review it on your favorite podcast player. And if you have any questions or comments or any topic ideas you might want to be a guest on my show, you can reach me directly at josephmcclendon.com. Thanks for listening, and I'll see you at the top.